step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't devour him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Minutes is never enough. We got to get this started. 
out right now. Absolutely. Speaking of that, I still got some tag teams from last week. I still got a number of tag teams. We did name that tag team trivia, and we got some really really good reviews on that. So, and plus, I want to uh, do it even more this week uh, in honor of um, one of the uh, one of an un, an unsung hero uh, for many years. Uh, I tell you what, when I was a kid. I was really big into the, the in the eighties. I was really big into the the baby face tag teams. I mean, like the really baby face tag teams. And two of my favorite tag teams in the eighties were, were, of course, the Rock and Roll Express. My my all time favorite is the Road Warriors, uh, and second is the Steiners. But two teams that I was a big fan of in the eighties were the Rock and Roll Express, of course, and the Fantastics. And I remember Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers, the Fantastics. And and, and I was a big fan. I was a huge uh, advocate and supporter of the Fantastics in the 80s. And I was, uh, I was when they were feud against, you know, uh, Midnight Express and uh, when they had their, their times with, with Jim Cornette, and I was I was a big fan of Fantastics, and they, you know, they they didn't they didn't achieve t- world tag team f- uh, fame, but they uh, did capture the NWA United States Tag Team Championship, and I was very happy when they did that. And so, uh, unfortunately, uh, at the at the young age of 54 years old, one, one half of the one half of the Fantastics, um, Tommy Rogers, he unfortunately passed away. Um, the news broke uh, uh, just uh, recently, and yeah, just uh, there's the, the cause of death is unknown um, as of as of now, but it's uh, very very sad to it just people just in their in their in their fifties. I mean, fifty four is a young age, you know, relatively speaking, and. You know, it's 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 so sad um, that you know we get to experience things like this. I remember when uh, Road Warrior Hulk died in his uh, early fifties, and uh, it was just really it's really tough to 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 know and don't know the the cause, don't know you know the the details of it yet. But definitely want to give a shout out to the fantastic Tommy Rogers of the Fantastics, and um, we're going to talk about the United States Tag Team Championship. But yeah. We're going to maneuver to the flavor of the week this week and, and focus on tag teams again, um, more tag team trivia, and we're going to talk about the United States Tag Team Championship and the flavor of the week and just a um, a special shout-out to uh, Tommy Rogers from the Fantastics and my prayers. Uh, <laughs> I, I am one who, you know, am not afraid to use that word. Sometimes it's a bad word to people. My prayers are with the family of uh, to- family and friends of Tommy Rogers. Derek, you got any memories? I've got memories, of course. For me, pretty much, I was reading about them in magazines when I was in the uh, grocery stores when I was yeah, in elementary school. But I always knew the name, always knew who he was. I mean, it's just a shame. And again, it's like a you know Jim Cornette or every guy got to put his name out there. And uh, we should try to get Jim on the on the show. But anyway, yes. But honestly, ladies and gentlemen, just another wrestling, you know, 
sad story when any wrestler could, anybody. I mean, you could be a football player, rock and roll star, whatever you're into. When somebody close to you, you know about, you know, passes away. I mean, it's sad and it's a shame. But you reflect on them. You realize what a great person, character, persona, whatever your memory is of this person that, you know. Yeah. It's great. So, you know, memory lives on. You'll never be forgotten. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, we're like I said, in honor of tag team wrestling, we're going to continue our tag team trivia, and we're going to talk about the United States uh, Tag Team Championship. One of my favorite championships growing up was the U.S. Tag Team Championships because there was some really, really good feuds for the U.S. Tag Team Championship when in, in the 80s and the early 90s, I remember, and uh, we'll talk about that. That's just uh, one one thing... Uh, I'm sure that you all know, uh, for all the many, many listeners that we've had over the past, and we still do, very loyal, I really appreciate that, over the past three years, over three years now. Um, one thing that <laughs> I think one of the biggest takeaways that just about everybody can, can gather from Pancakes and Power Slams is that we love old school wrestling. I spent probably about 10 minutes last week talking about uh, the Continental Wrestling Association. And, uh, yeah, we, Flavor the, we've had Flavor of the Week topics of uh, AWA, Mid-South, which, of course, converted to UWF. We've talked about Global Wrestling Federation. We've talked about many, many um, old school. We've talked about world class all the time, USWA, just old school wrestling. We just love it, absolutely love it. And, it's it's funny, real quick before we get into Elimination Chamber, I want to tackle the Stone Cold podcast, and we'll talk. A, you know, time permitting, we'll talk a little bit more about it later. But I absolutely loved this, the the Paul Heyman interview on Stone Cold podcast because he embodied everything I've been saying, and I said it, and I went on a, a bit of a uh, a tangent last week, so to speak. Uh, just talking about old school wrestling and how characters, no matter how much you want to throw in marks and smarks and dirt sheets and and trust me, I I I, I write for three big quote unquote dirt sheets, um, and you know I, I've been doing it for a number of years now. Journalism and dirt sheet writing, quote unquote dirt sheet writing, I I've. I'm in there. I'm a part of the family, so I get it. But as much as you, it doesn't matter how much you throw that in, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much you throw in people being too smart for their own good in the business, as far as fans are concerned, at the end of the day, this is this is a quote that he said on the Stone Cold Podcast that will never go away from me. He said, old school is new school, just updated. And I just, that was a an amen, hallelujah moment. So, so true. And I totally agree with that. At the end of the day, it's still, like I said last week, and I've said many times over the past three years, and I've tweeted so much, at the end of the day, it's all about characters. It's all about capturing the audience. It's all about money. What are you going to do to grab my attention 
and show me that you are money. And I love their conversation on cutting promos. It was absolutely phenomenal. You know, it was a good teaching lesson from Paul Heyman as far as what he do, as far as saying, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, you know, engaging the audience, and I am the advocate of Brock Lesnar. And just his, and just the, the, the money that engulfs in a promo, just a story that he shared about Dusty Rhodes, which he does a very good impersonation of. It was just absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing stuff that people, uh, <laughs> you know, I, if I was a wrestler in NXT or the WWE or anywhere, <laughs> for, for, for that matter, I would watch that podcast again and... You know, and I would be be taking notes of of what to do. So, and then we'll talk about the tease, rather. You know, Austin versus Lesnar. We'll talk about a little later. We'll talk about that a little later, time permitting. But yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love old school wrestling, and Derek and I we talk about it all the time. And we, we're, Derek and I are the same age, and we grew up watching wrestling in the 80s our whole life just growing up watching wrestling and and i uh, amateur wrestled and derek actually um actually had some offers to um to to go into professional wrestling i trained for pro, pro, pro wrestling i trained for mma as well and derek actually uh used to wrestle in the independence and he wrestled uh, with Dean Ambrose and a bunch of other very, very, very no- notable names and former champions, and so we get it. <laughs> we this isn't just some, you know, uh, around the block, just the next <laughs> the next door neighbor podcast. I mean, this is a podcast for the people of two people who loves and embodies themselves in professional wrestling and can go hours as we have 166 episodes of talking about old school wrestling. So I really, really appreciate that podcast. It was a very, very instructional. It was a very tutorial podcast that the stories were awesome, but the takeaways were absolutely phenomenal. You couldn't ask for a better podcast. It was so Absolutely mind-bending and mind-blowing. I mean, Paul Heyman, you knew he was going to do that. And uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of went back into his you know, character phase towards the end about the whole uh, WrestleMania 32 and last night. It was perfect, absolutely just mind-blowing. And it's from two guys that just, like you and I, but on a different level, Paul Heyman and Stone Cold just get it. They know what they're doing. They know how to just absolutely put on an awesome podcast they could just stand up there and burp the alphabet and you'd be blown away i mean that's yeah. just what they did but uh with that podcast i mean forget about it that just that was the icing on the cake i mean i don't know any other better podcast member maybe with jr or i don't know whoever else but in the books best podcast to date other than pancakes and power slams ladies and gentlemen absolutely Fantastic. And speaking of tag teams, we got uh, uh, we're going to start off with an icebreaker. Last week, I, I you know I came out swinging, so to speak, uh, with the uh, Miracle Violence Connection. Uh, just you know, I'm going to take it a little easier to lead us in this week. Uh, so, what was the team name? What was the team name of Greg Valentine? And the honky-tonky man, as Santino Morella would say, 
Greg Valentine and the Honky Tonk Man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Elimination Chamber. I tell you what, man, what Rhythm and Blues, fantastic, fantastic job. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, so here's the thing. Elimination Chamber, I must say that with the exception of just the the, the hoopla and, and, and just the spectacle of WrestleMania, you know, it's hard to say that any, even if WrestleMania is a C-rated pay-per-view, it's hard to say that any any pay-per-view is better than WrestleMania just because of Sting and The Undertaker and, you know, although I couldn't stand the spot, just the NWO coming back, just their appearance, although, again, I thought the spot was horrible. But just seeing all the legends and all that, and you know, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, you know, other than the spectacle of WrestleMania, I must say this was my favorite pay-per-view of the year. I think for for a two-week build-up, I was thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed for the elimin- at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, you know, for for quite some time. And I was even one of those people who uh, who criticized just the Elimination Chamber being a pay-per-view, and I was very happy that they stopped that they, that they didn't make it a pay-per-view anymore. But to have this network network exclusive, I was tweeting, I was explaining uh, to my colleagues early, uh, as far as why the Elimination Chamber came back because, you know, I read the quarterly release. I actually uh, posted it and, and, and broke the news on one of the sites. The quarterly release and how the WWE is is really marketing to the shareholders how much the, the WWE network is an attraction, and they were talking about just new content, new content, new content, filling the WWE Network with new content. That's what's really going to be their bread and butter. I get it. and It makes sense. You know, uh, after a while, we don't want to see, you know, Sarkate 92, you know, five times without anything new. I get it. And I really appreciate that. But, you know, it was rolling the dice to have a, a two-week build to lead into Elimination Chamber. But I'll tell you what, though, and there, there's also been reports, of course, We Are Wrestling reported as well, that there's been um, some 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 talk about creative, it, it being easier for creative to book, you know, these really short pay-per-views from a creative standpoint. Although I criticized it a lot, from a rational standpoint, I get it. Because this is such a microwave society, I call I call a lot of our uh, fans that we that, that that watch wrestling microwave marks because you know you like this person and you don't like them, you like this thing then you don't like them, you like this angle then you don't like them. So so many flighty I call them microwave marks, and so although I still think at the end of the day wrestling still should be written for casuals um a, a large portion of wrestling still should be written for casuals um because you're trying to reach the outside in not the inside out cuz the inside is still going to be inside i mean i've written for the bleacher report for over 3 years now and there's so many people that i i've there's so many people that's commented in my articles that 
So I'm never going to watch wrestling again because this happened. And then, you know, the next article, they'll comment again. So that's that's probably never going to happen or rarely going to happen that someone actually stopped watching wrestling because they didn't like a pay-per-view. And so here's the thing. Writing for the casuals is the way to go. I get it. Um, and so having Elimination Chamber on there was, was, was definitely rolling the dice. But I think at the end of the day, it ended up being a very good move because it was a very, very solid pay-per-view. And I was very surprised, maybe because my expectations were low. I don't know if it was that, but I was very surprised. There were about two or three very bad moments of Elimination Chamber. But overall, for a B pay-per-view, this is this is the best B pay-per-view of the year and definitely one of the best pay-per-views overall of the year. So I was very impressed. Oh, totally impressed. I mean, forget about it. I mean, it absolutely captivated from when it started to when it ended. Yeah, there's a few bad moments, but overall, I mean, this is a pay-per-view. The pay-per-views this year since the Royal Rumble have been really great. I mean, WrestleMania, give or take, I mean, like you said, there's it's more of a – it's not really considered a pay-per-view. It's a showcase. It's what it is, they're going to throw all the stops out and throw all the glitz and glamour, and some of it makes sense, some of it doesn't. However, for this Elimination Chamber, kind of like you, expectations was low, but watching it, I mean, I was, again, captivated. It was an excellent pay-per-view. A lot of things happened you didn't think were going to happen, and it blew your mind. It really did. And the WWE, just anything can happen, and that's exactly what happened. I was happy with it. It was absolutely, it was something that they needed for the network. And like you kind of said, you think too like radio broadcasts, like uh, they have three-hour sports shows on the radio. The average listener will listen maybe 20 minutes a day, and that's it. So they got to keep recycling and squeeze everything into just one giant, this is what it is. That pay-per-view was the absolute epitome of that. Great job, WWE. I'm happy. Absolutely. And real quick, before we go into the results, I want to make a very, very special, huge, resounding shout-out to the Real Wrestling um, live stream. Uh, the, 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 the supporters of Pancakes and Power Slams and Real Wrestling and WAW Nation is absolutely phenomenal. I, I get people who subscribe to the show on YouTube, and I get texts and emails all the time about, you know, people let me know after, uh, you know, Tuesday nights. We get a lot of people. I get a lot of messages about people sending me, you know, good show, good show throughout the week. But I'll tell you what, man, just it's 11.22 p.m. Eastern time right now. And we got a, a number of people in the We Are Wrestling Nation live stream chat room that's just giving overwhelming encouragement and support to the show. Now, here's the thing. I absolutely love Bleach Report. You know, I've been writing for Bleach Report for three years. I, I've had, I don't even know, I, I don't even know how many reads I have now, over 5 million. Um, and I get a ton of support in Bleach Report. But I tell you what, there's just like, like, here's the thing. We Are Wrestling is like Alberto Del Rio going to the ROH show. It's like, yeah, you're with the big leagues, and it's cool, the money's good, you know, but it's, it's, it's that feeling of an intimate crowd that gets you 
that gets you just revved up and just makes you appreciate what you do so much more. When you're with the big leagues, when you're a big fish in a big pond, you know, you you don't really you stand out, but you stand out with a whole bunch of other people. But the support that WAW Nation and We Are Wrestling live stream gives me is absolutely phenomenal. I cannot thank you guys uh, enough of just the support that you guys give me. I just wanted to, I'm just looking at the comments here, and I'm just like, man, I really, really appreciate these people. And me doing the Pancakes and Power Slam show on We Are Wrestling, it's like Alberto El Patron in an ROH show. I love I love watching El Patron on an ROH show. This guy <laughs> this guy seems like he's going to break his arm because he, he gets so pumped. He, he just po- points down all the time and he just swings his scarf around. And I actually saw him live in Dayton, Ohio uh last year. And yeah, I mean, just he he's super super pumped. I mean, this guy was the man, you know, when he was Dos Cowers Jr. in Mexico. He was one of the biggest names in Mexico. Of course, he was four-time world champion in the WWE. But it's like that feeling, and I can tell. I've seen him in uh, Mexico. I've seen him in the WWE. I've seen him in uh, Lucha Underground. But it's like that feeling when, when El Patron goes in an ROH ring, you can tell when he comes down that ring he he's just so appreciative and so enamored by the intimate level genuine support that he receives from that ROH crowd and that's exactly how i feel uh pancakes and power slams being live on real wrestling and so uh major major kudos uh to um to that to 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 the show absolutely absolutely all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to Elimination Chamber in Corpus Christi, Texas. And this was actually supposed to be a house show. So it's uh, uh, very, very interesting that uh, they changed it up. And, and uh, <laughs> kudos for the Corpus Christi, Texas uh, crowd. They they got a lot better than they expected. It was just supposed to be a house show, but it turned into a... Um, uh, turned into uh, <laughs> an awesome pay-per-view. So we we start off with Stardust defeating Zack Ryder in a pre-show. It was so funny because I actually thought that this is the match that I was expecting. I, I was expecting it, 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 I should have said this last Tuesday because it, I this is the match that I this is the pre-show match that I predicted. It wasn't very it wasn't advertised uh and I was like, "You know what? I bet you the pre-show match is going to be Stardust against Zack Ryder because you had Zack Ryder, you had his Long Island moment, so he's got a little bit of steam, and you want Stardust to get some type of steam to lead into his uh, expected match at SummerSlam against Stephen Amell. And, you know, you got the Stephen Amell, you got some cross-promoting there. And so, you know, kudos to Stardust for... uh, potentially having a big spot at at SummerSlam, the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. You know, the Stardust character is ridiculous. It's it's been played out, you know, for quite some time now. But Cody Rhodes as a wrestler deserves much better than Stardust. That's why I'm very happy that they're 
Cody Rhodes as a wrestler is somehow getting a notable spot instead of just jobbing out all week and every week. It's ridiculous. Um, but you know, I, I'm cool. I was cool with the with the pre-show match, and I'm okay that you know I'm okay that we got Stardust versus Cody Rhodes, uh, Stardust versus uh, versus uh, Zack Ryder, and it was a decent match as I expected and. You know, uh, it's building some steam for Stardust leading into SummerSlam. And I love the Stardust versus Cody Rhodes. That was so great. I mean, I'm sorry. Against Zack Ryder. I was making fun of you, Chris. However, that was <laughs> yeah. good. I'm, the thing with the Stardust, I mean, it's ruining his character now. It was relevant a few months ago when Goldust came out with him. But now it's like Goldust is no longer around. You need to get with something else. I mean, the guy can go. The same thing with Zack Ryder. I mean, a guy can go from bell to bell, put on a great match. It was it was a good opener. It's too bad it was an opener because, you know, obviously the both of them would rather have something else, at least mid-card. But, you know, it is what it is. They made the best they could do with it. So, you know, great opening match. Yeah, I, I agree totally. All right, so next we get Miz TV with Daniel Bryan. Oh boy! Now this this segment was just uh, not very good. I, you know, I I'm still the <laughs> I am I'm, I'm looking at the evolution of Damian, uh, Dam uh, Macho Mandal, and I he had the he started off with the '80s Savage with the uh, with the star trunks. And now he's going into the '90s Savage with the, you know, the full garb on, and you know, yeah, it. I would say I'll, I'll say this much: Mandal looks more like Savage. I mean, and this is this is not saying much at all, but Man, Macho Mandal looks more like Savage, minus the build, of course, than Axel looks like Hogan. I mean. Yeah, and and again, I just can't. Every time I see the the mega powers, I cannot get away from billionaire Ted and the Nacho Man and the Huckster. I can't. I mean, every time I see the mega powers, I I envision the Huckster and the Nacho Man because they look just like they could be in that parody that they did during the Monday Night Wars, the Huckster and the Nacho Man. And I see that just about every single time the Mega Powers come out. And I just can't take them seriously. I cannot take this team seriously. And they must stop. I mean, they must stop ASAP. I just can't, I just can't take it. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I know that they're finally giving Axel a spot and some some charisma, I get it, but I mean this this has to stop. It's got to stop. I mean it's, it makes no sense. It's not fun. I mean that was a totally blown spot for Daniel Bryan, and it makes him look kind of like a sleaze now, just for the fact that he introduced these guys. Oh, these are great guys. Come on down. I mean the things. It's like you said, not your man and the huckster. There's nothing to this that's going to make anything good. You've got two. Talents that uh, Mizdow, or I'm sorry, and Sandow. I forget his name. They change his release. Macho, anyway, Macho Mandow. Yeah. The, the, 
this down here. Elizabeth. <laughs> it's not the Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> Will you marry me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, wow, that was a good uh, 90s wrestling. Ladies right. and gentlemen, the new power oh. sham discussed. I don't want to see it anymore. It's not funny. It's just a waste of time, and I'm sorry Daniel had to be a part of it. I'm sorry the Miz had to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, Miz is, is trying to to be relevant as as a heel. You know, he's still a good, solid mid-card hand as a heel. Um, he's doing this, he, he's, you know, maximizing his gimmick with the Hollywood, and, you know, I'm okay with the Miz, but... Ah, just absolutely a very awesome comment here. We are wrestling uh, live stream. The son of Kurt Hennig should not be relegated to a comedy act, and that's exactly, exactly right. I mean, you know, uh, Joe Hennig uh, has not been the guy who has been known for charisma. His dad was very, very charismatic, but Joe Hennig was not, and here here's the thing. Here's base. He was basically the death knell from the very beginning. He comes in first of all. He's Joe Hennig in Florida Championship Wrestling. Very he was very no. He was a very notable star in FCW, and then you change him from Joe Hennig. You put him on NXT. And you make him Michael McGillicuddy? Where's the linkage there? You And the thing is, you show footage of his dad, Kurt Hennig, but we're supposed to believe Michael McGillicuddy. I think that from the very beginning was just saying that here's the thing, Hennig. We really don't care about you succeeding. We just want to put you in the main roster so you can fail on your own. And it just it, he he came he came to the main roster with basically two and a half strikes against them. It was absolutely ridiculous. And then they realized how ridiculous it was and he leaves and becomes Curtis Axel. Then they have the nerve Curtis Axel wasn't charismatic. Then they had the nerve to put him with Heyman as if that was going to make a difference. And Heyman said it very well on the podcast. You know, with Lesnar, with Punk, he has a genuine genuine relationship with Lesnar and with Punk. So being with them as the manager and the advocate, it works very well because he has a genuine relationship with them. So, But he's when he's put with Ryback and Curtis Axel – it just doesn't work because there's no genuine relationship there. It's just, you know, you're expecting Paul Heyman, you know, to squeeze blood out of a turnip, so to speak. It just, it, no one can do that. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. And of course, you know, that the, the Curtis Axel thing didn't work. They made him Intercontinental Champion, uh, you know, for you know Father's Day. I think it was I think it was Payback. It was Father's Day, and it made sense. It was. You know, sentimental, and you know it, it made sense. But at the end of the day, it just didn't work because Curtis Axel has no charisma. Uh, the Axel Mania got some steam behind it because of the Royal Rumble thing, but 
just relegating them to this is just absolutely ridiculous. New Day defeating primetime players, Kid and Cesaro, Lucha Dragons, Lost Metadores, and Ascension, Elimination Chamber. I like the idea of having all three of New Day be in the pod and be involved in the match. I think that that was, I think that that's just adding more layers to the heel New Day character. Having all, you know, we we're so used to the free bird rule, but having all of them be a part of it was is just even more amazing. And I'll tell you what, I I I've had people tweet me and I've had people come to me say, Chris, that you, Chris, you are right about the New Day because I was a fan of the New Day from from day one. Probably because I'm, you know, I'm a Biggie. Biggie's one of my top five wrestlers in the WWE. I've always been a Biggie fan even the five-count NXT, and I, I've just stuck with Big E. And, uh, yeah, I, I've i been a fan of New Day from the very beginning. I think it was a good way to make all of them relevant. And when they made their organic heel turn, it made it even much more better. And it, it's working. It's do, They're doing a fantastic job. And they they remind me... They they remind me of like a very very better version of when Lan, when Lanny Poffo or or, or uh, Lanny you know when, when Lanny Poffo was the genius you know he would come out and be very pompous but have his poems and show his you know it's like it's like the genius magnified from a positive standpoint it's like it's like the genius meets Waylon Mercy you know what I mean like. I'm going to say positive things about you, but be artistic with it. And, yeah, the New Day is that personified, absolutely. They're some of the best heels in the business right now. I love the organic feel of the New Day. And they're the definition of striking while the iron's hot because they're the best tag team in the WWE main roster right now. And they work, and they're fantastic. And I'm so happy that they continue to be tag team champions. And I, you know, they they have enough steam in them to have a long title run. They have a ton of steam behind them. I mean, you were always an advocate. I didn't like them when they first started. I didn't like all the happy, good, lucky stuff. But now, I mean, the tides have turned. They have totally entranced me to what, they are a, a beautiful tag team, Chris. I mean, I'm dead serious. Yes, uh, everything, what they do, they're the best that there is right now in the tag team division. And I've, I'm, I'm totally converted to them. The New Day has just – what they've done is just kind of made it to where the point where they did them at first. But then when they kind of turn heel – Wow, I mean, it was so natural. It was such a natural heel turn that it was almost—they're not that different from what they were when they were when they were baby faces. So it just transcends into that point where it's just—it's it's fluid. I love it. I mean, I've got nobody else. I'd rather have the dust on than them at the point. I mean, they've yeah, really—they've turned the time. I mean, they've made it absolutely. The tag team division is great now, just for the fact that they have the belt on them. Absolutely. Real quick, you got a, a comment saying who's talking with me right now. Uh, my co-host, Derek, he's been a co-host on the show since uh, uh, the very beginning. Well, he, uh, he, I, 
I hired Derek on as uh, the the moderator for the chat room, so he did that from the very beginning. Then he uh, moved up to the raw correspondent. Uh, I don't know what a few months into the show, and then for the past uh, what probably a couple of years now, he's uh, been the the uh, full on co-host. And so Derek uh, used to wrestle in the Indies. He used to wrestle with uh, many big names such as uh, John Moxley, Jamie Noble. Uh, he's he's got many uh, stories of uh, wrestling in Heartland Wrestling Association, and so yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have Derek as a co-host. And uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate you guys uh, asking the question. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I I, I appreciate. Uh, <laughs> interesting, uh, interesting comment here as well. It says the tag team division is great because the Usos are out. Hmm. Very, very interesting comment there. I don't necessarily know um, how I feel about that because I'm a big Usos fan, but I can't totally disagree with that um, because the Uso because the tag team division has elevated quite a bit since the Usos has uh, have been gone. So I can't I can't totally dispute that comment. But I because the, I mean it's true. The the tag team division has elevated a lot. But I I will say this though. You know, the, the Usos was very instrumental in building steam behind the tag team division. Um yeah, and I'm big I'm a big fan of the Usos just because they are they're old school with a new flair. They still, you know, they still have that wild Samoan tradition behind them, and you know. But of course, you you add some flair to them, and they're fantastic wrestlers. They're they're awesome wrestlers. Uh, you know, I, I just, you know, somehow you're going to have to add some extra layers and variables to the chant because the chant uh, doing that every single time, you know, gets quite old. So it's yeah. Uh, comment here says I actually love the Usos, but I didn't like when the division revolved around them. I would say their matches were top notch. Their matches with the Wise were amazing. There you go. Perfect, perfect comment to sum it all up right there. Next we have uh, Nikki Bella defeating Naomi and Paige. Now this is this is the one. This is one of the two things that I didn't like about this at all I this match was absolutely horrible and it's just why in the world would you keep and we'll talk about Raw here in a minute too why in the world would you what is the purpose of keeping the belt on Nikki Bella there's absolutely no purpose of doing that at all I mean she's had the belt for what six months now? Seven, almost seven months, and the Divas division has been that horrible. It's been absolutely ridiculous with her. I mean, you're getting these back and forth face and heel turns. Now we're showing. Now she's becoming a little heelish, as we saw on Monday with the Twin Magic. Oh man, it's it's just ridiculous. How in the world am I supposed to buy into your character? If one week you're a babyface, the next week you're a heel, 
you haven't even established yourself as a character for me to for you to be a money character. And again, I've said this for weeks and weeks and years and years, and Paul Heyman just stamped it yesterday on the podcast that when I look at you, when I look at your promos, when I look at your character, when I look at you, I got to see money. I got to see that larger life character. How am I supposed to see that if you're flip-flopping every week from baby face to heel? One week I'm supposed to cheer you, the next week I'm supposed to boo you. I'm I'm I don't have I don't have time to do all that. I don't I don't have enough, you know, I'm not supposed to think that pro wrestling I'm not supposed to think about the Pythagorean theorem when I think about pro wrestling and try to solve equations. This doesn't make any sense. And so I'm I'm not buying the Divas division right now. NXT Women's Division just blows the Divas division out, out the water. And just Nikki Bella as champion makes absolutely no sense. Naomi should have won the title, hands down. You're going to make her heel. You're going to put her in this big heel push. She's, she's, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yay, yay, yay's in. And she's so amazing. She should have had the title. Now, she's, you know, she's basically out of the equation. And so the heel turn meant nothing. I'm just not buying into the creativity of the Divas division. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there is no creativity with that. And it's almost like maybe Nikki Bella is like the queen of the show on E, uh, Total Divas. Yeah. There's nothing that absolutely makes any sense. With the, Naomi should have the title. And I don't have a whole lot to say about the Divas division. For crying out loud, I mean, Nikki's had it for how long now? You've had Bree with her. I mean, her and Bree have been on and off. I mean, it's like it's a total disaster of a of a wrestling faction as the Divas division. And, you know, Paige, at least Paige should have it. Somebody, anybody but Nikki Bella. She's had it. She's the paper champion. She's a stale champion. I don't even know. I mean, I mean, Paige had the belt for a while, but didn't really do anything for it because she's turned into a powder puff just as well, almost it seems. So, I mean, we've got some, a little bit of excitement coming into it if Lana jumps in. Who knows what she's going to bring to it? She could just turn into another diva, which is what I'm so against. I just I don't want divas anymore. I want women wrestling. I totally Probably agree. Absolutely agree. Yes, absolutely agree. A couple things here. Um, a couple comments here from the live stream uh, chat room. Uh, so many loud spots calling. You know, callings in the in the divas match. Absolutely. How <laughs> you can literally hear Nikki. Go okay, ready one two three. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely, uh, it just and, and and I said this I think a week or two ago, and you know JTG was uh, talking. Uh, he, he had an interview on the show a couple a few months ago, and of course you know one of the biggest buzzes for the past few months have been his book Heat, and he was talking about. Um, uh, he, he was talking about, you know, calling, having matches, you know, pre, you know, uh, I guess I guess pre-made, so to speak, or booking them on the fly within two wrestlers. And, you know, he was talking about in his book that if you don't really know what you're doing and if you can't, you know, you, you have the chance to really have a terrible match 
if you book it on the fly and you really don't know how to work in sync and good chemistry, and you can definitely see that um, on this Divas match. It was it was ridiculous. Another comment says that at least the last couple Nikki matches we haven't had to deal with the obnoxious yelling from Bria ringside. Come on, Nikki! Come on, Nikki! Yeah, I agree. It was it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, as soon as I read that comment, I thought about it. Come on, Nikki! Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Next we have uh, <laughs> the, the total opposite of what I just said. Kevin Owens uh, and John Cena. Oh, my goodness. This match was, oh, it, it was absolutely amazing. And there was, I mean, this match was just about flawless. And this was as ROH as you can get in a WWE stage. I mean, there was, there was so, this match was so ROH that I'm sure even Vince was cringing as far as how much it mirrored an ROH match. And yeah, just the the pop, just the springboard from the middle ropes to springboard moonsault. Uh, just the, 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 you know, the, the senton that, uh, Owens did, you know, he, he, he patented that when he was Steen, Kevin Steen and ROH. Owens brought some ROH to, I mean, Owens basically introduced the WWE crowd to ROH. That was a fantastic match. The very fact that Steen actually won cleanly. Was uh, it was uh, great booking? It was great booking, and I said last week, I said win or lose, NXT wins, and I and I believe that wholeheartedly, and it's so true. And I think that this is an awesome, awesome staple to the NXT brand, and we'll you know we even saw it on we're even going to see it on SmackDown, you know, as far as the NXT Open Challenge, uh, just fantastic. I tell you what, man. I have, uh, you know, I've had a lot of people here on the Pancakes and Power Sam show that's been burned by WWE, and we've had, you know, some people say bad things about Triple H, some people say decent things about Triple H, some people say good things about Triple H. I, I can understand every angle. I can understand about, you know, every angle that people had about Triple H, and uh, I can see... The bad Triple H, I can see the very political Triple H, and I can see the Triple H who really understands the business. He's been wrestling for over 20 years. I, I see the, the Triple H that really understands the business and understands the the, the, the the kind of, you know, NXT is kind of like a territory, so to speak. It kind of, it kind of reminds me of the, the, it's kind of like a hybrid of, ROH, the Indies, and territories because NXT is really its own territory. It's just, it's as close as resting in the territories you can get. It's like you know the intimate full sale crowd, four hundred people. It's like you know it's like Memphis wrestling all over again. You know you got the characters, you still got the the wrestling. You got the promos. It's 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 like Memphis wrestling. It's like old NWA or wrestling or old Memphis wrestling all over again. It still it kind of brings that territory feel, uh, you know, to 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 pro wrestling. And so, 
that's the reason why I respect Triple H from a business standpoint because NXT is is just absolutely amazing, and to bring it to the main stage like this, and I and I tweeted this during the after the match, I said that this is very invasion esque. Only this time, the outsiders don't look like fools, <laughs> and this is a very invasion-like, you know, angle they're doing with Steen. And you know, the Nexus—it worked with the Nexus for a hiccup until John Cena just pulled the plug out of that. And to be honest with you, I would not be opposed to see someone like a Baron Corbin, uh, you know, even like a Mojo Rawley, Bull Dempsey. People like that coming up, like a Jay Jordan. You got people coming in like that from the NXT backing up Kevin Steen and just running roughshod on, you know, the mid card WWE talent. I'd be I'd be totally okay with that. Um I, I wouldn't ha I wouldn't overstay that welcome. I would put NXT back to NXT, but I would still have some type of invasion like um you know, angle to really put NXT on the map and have people who are casual fans, you know, look forward to watch NXT on Wednesdays, you know. So I think that that would be a good idea. But this match all all around was just absolutely impeccable. It was impeccable. And if this, if this match did, does not turn you on to NXT, I don't know what will. Because, I mean, this is the farming league. This is a breeding ground for the future of the WWE. You know, in the, in the Indies, they always had uh, they had their farming leagues, WWE did, with OVW, HWA back in the day. You know, numerous ones. But, I mean, this is one that they just absolutely backed. They put their seal of approval on it. So it's almost like to get in the Indies, you want to get to the NXT to get to the WWE. How can anyone ignore the NXT anymore? You cannot. I mean, it's. This was, if they do an invasion angle with this, this is would almost make up for what how horribly they mishandled the WCW invasion, ECW yes, invasion absolutely. early on. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's so far so good. They're doing great with it. Keep it going. I don't want them to screw this up because I mean they could easily do that. But I mean, yeah. So far, it's been exciting. It's been great. So we got a lot of things to cover. Pancakes and power slams, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I would love a main. I think so. Yeah, some someone's actually saying this here on the live live stream, the chat room. I would totally be okay for SummerSlam being an NXT versus main roster elimination match, or even. You know, I, you know, five. We got over about five and a half months away from Survivor Series. I don't know if you want to stretch it that far, but I would do like a, you know, five on five match at SummerSlam because if you do a five on five match at SummerSlam, you still got three months away from you know Survivor Series. So you, it doesn't it doesn't tarnish the traditional. You know, four and four, five on five, Phil. If you do like a ten man match at at uh, SummerSlam, like I said, it'll be a good way to have Kevin Steen on the main roster for uh, SummerSlam. And like I said, bring in a Baron Corbin. 
you know, Jay Jordan, Mojo Raleigh, uh, Paul Dempsey. There's your there's your five people. There's your five strong heels. For and, and the thing is, a lot of people like Tyler Breeze. You know, people people are big on Tyler Breeze, but I certainly wouldn't put Tyler Breeze up in. You know, I, I wouldn't bring him up the, to the main roster for this because he's not uh, a strong, intimidating, you know, person. Mojo, Bull Dempsey, Corbin, Jordan, those are four, you know, intimidating. I mean, Jay Jordan has more of a uh, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Hoss look to him. But he's still a, a big guy, a big, you know, a muscle, mu- muscular guy, very athletic and so I would definitely bring him up. Uh, so you know, of course, Mojo and and uh, and Baron Corbin. You know, I've, I've been a Corbin Mark for for a while. Great way to bring them up. There's your ten. There's your five men. And of course, you know, you have. Um, and here's the thing: even if you want to bring, even if you want to subtract someone like a Mojo Raleigh, and have, you know, even just throwing this out here, even someone like Neville turning. You know, Neville turning. And, and going and signing with NXT, that'll add character to his flair. Or you can have Neville be a swing vote, so to speak, and either ha- go with NXT or go with WWE. And if you want to keep him as a babyface, put him on the WWE squad with like Ziggler and um, Truth. Uh, you know, of course, a, a couple others. Uh, you know, possibly like Ryback and and Cena, you know. And so there's your there's your ten men match. It would it would draw. It would be a fantastic um, match for for SummerSlam. Neville defeating Bo Dallas. Um, you know, this is a filler match. This is just a way to keep Neville in our in our minds. You know, it was it wasn't <laughs> nothing big about that. Uh, the uh, next elimination chamber match was Ryback winning the Intercontinental Championship. I'm totally on board with this too, because uh, finally Ryback has a push that actually had a payoff. They tried to push with with CM against CM Punk, you know, back a few years ago, and then you know Brad Maddox just blew that out the water, and then the Shield just started beating him every month. It seemed like. And then all of a sudden they had him lose at Mark Henry to WrestleMania. Like, that made any sense. And then they tried to push him again with, you know, when he was feuding with Cena. That bombed. And so finally they're pushing him again. And, and you know, having him as Intercontinental Champion is is, is good. I mean, feed me more. People still chant it. It's still money. People are uh, buying into the Ryback brand. You know he's a good mid card hand. I, I'm totally on board with him being Intercontinental Champion. I think it's a fantastic idea, and I think that he can really. I mean, and he's he's evolved. I mean, you, people have to admit that Ryback has evolved, especially on the mic, because I remember his mic skills were just despicable. You know, a couple of years ago, but he's definitely uh, he's definitely evolved and progressed very much on the mic and so I'm very very happy about his progress and I give him major kudos and I'm I'm happy about that uh real quick the botch that uh of the 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 botch that happened with in the, the the glass of the pod uh breaking 
you know, before Mark Henry was supposed to be in, it seemed like they they, they definitely pulled an audible on that because <laughs> Mark Henry was looking at the ref, and I think it was Kyoto that was well, refing, and he was just like, no, and all of a sudden he comes in, and then all of a sudden they do some stupid decision to have the pot, Seamus's pod be stuck. Now, that was a horrible, horrible way. I know that every match is timed, and so they try to kill time to, to, to meet up with the time commitments of each match, but that was such a horrible, horrible way to <laughs> to try to to try to make up for time. And it's so funny when Seamus, somehow he used his Celtic cross to get him out of the pod, and then minutes later he rams someone through the pod and the glass breaks. And so that's how easy it was to get, you know to open the pod. So that was a horrible way to try to make up for time. It's so funny that I tweeted JTG during the match, uh, and we were tweeting each other, uh, you know, we, we tweeted back and forth. I, I told him, I said, he's going to receive heat for that botch, for for that pod botch, Elimination Chamber. Uh, yeah, so he, he thought that was funny. So, But, yeah, it, you know, it, it was a good match overall, um, and I'm definitely happy that Ryback won. It was a good match overall, but with the pod malfunctioning, there's a kind of brought it back to what what's going on? This is silly. This is everybody knows that it's fixed and this is crazy and what it just kinda dumbs you down a little bit. Yeah, Ryback winning, I mean he's gonna be a great intercontinental champion. They're still trying to build a little more prestige behind the Intercontinental Championship that they haven't had for years and years and years. But again the pod thing was just silly and over the top and dumb. Uh right back, I mean they've done so much with him in the past. It's really amounted to nothing. So this should be something that really tells him. Hopefully he can make the most of it. Like you said, his mic work has been so much better than what's been in the past. But the Elimination Chamber IC match, it was good. I enjoyed it for the most part. Honestly, they have to quit doing these little tricks and get it. Oh, something that's all of a sudden, oh my gosh, what's going on? Honestly, it's not the match just adds it just so much. Put it much better. You don't need to kill time. Just let these guys go. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Just let these guys prove themselves and make the match without you having to interfere and make some stupid stipulation thing that just all of a sudden happened. Forget about yeah. it. Let them do it. Absolutely. The team name of Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma. The team name of Paul Orndorff and Paul Roma. Great question. Why wasn't Wyatt in the Elimination Chamber? I don't know what in the world they're going to, they're doing with Wyatt. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in a bit with Raw. I don't understand why Wyatt beat Ryback. Ryback had more than momentum. He's the Intercontinental Champion, and then Wyatt lost on Raw, you know, in the main event. So they're, they're, Wyatt is once again in limbo, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you have to you're going to have to really funnel who's to blame for Wyatt never being able to break that threshold. You're really going to funnel it down more and more. So, yes, pretty wonderful. That was easy. All right, who was Creative Control? Who was Creative Control? That's the next tag team. Creative 
control. Main event, Seth Rollins uh, versus uh, Dean Ambrose. And here's the thing. This is so funny. I, when I saw Ambrose win, I knew that we were getting a dusty finish. I knew it. Like, when, when I, I saw the whole thing map out, you know, it's a good match for the most part. You know, some, some good spots. Uh, Ambrose and Rollins, you know, always have good matches. But as soon as Ambrose won, I I was just, I was like, okay, there, there's no way. He, he's not winning the title. Good ovation, by the way, when he won. But I was, I knew that we were going to see a dusty finish. And I was just waiting and waiting, and I didn't budge not one moment. I'm like, I... This isn't real. This I, I my reality was not even suspended for one second. I I knew it. I said, "Dusty finish, here we come." And you know, lo and behold, we see a dusty finish. But I'm totally okay with it. I think it was a really good way to transition us into another pay per view. Because I even said this. I've been saying this for weeks. At the end of the day. If if the plans still go as 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 originally, you know, booked, we're going to see Brock versus Rollins, and so there's you know three pay per views, you know, from Elimination Chamber. Well, more now because you had uh, extreme. Well, well, you had after WrestleMania had Stream Rules, Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank. Uh, you ha- you had payback, and we're going to have battleground. So five pay per views before SummerSlam. So within those five pay per views, Seth Rollins w- is going to have to defend the title for five pay per views before SummerSlam. So each month we're going to have to figure out who's going to be the victim of Seth Rollins, so to speak, but uh, but someone who can suspend our reality to believe that Seth Rollins actually is going to lose. And I think using the dusty finish was a good way to kind of transition us into Money in the Bank, and I was totally okay with it. Yeah, it was okay. And I marked out for a second. Bruce won. I was almost like, this can't be happening. And, of course, it wasn't happening. So, I mean, we all saw the – Referee get pulled in front of Rollins when uh, Ambrose came off the rope. It was it was exciting, and I mean, how is Seth Rollins going to continue to defend this title? I thought maybe he'd lose it, maybe he would get it back, and uh, you know, just in time for SummerSlam when uh, Reigns and Brock Lesnar might you know, tussle again. Who knows what's going to happen? But again, it was a great ending. I love the fact that you know. Ambrose just kept the title and said, screw it, this is mine, and, you know, the heck with you guys. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. I like to see the brotherhood still between uh, the old chilled members of Ambrose and Reigns. It'll win soon. But for the most part, I mean, again, the pay-per-view was stellar. Stellar finish. Yeah. Love for a of it. Absolutely. Roman Reigns has been a little bit too friendly to Dean Ambrose. I hope that's not leading to a heel turn because I'm totally against Reigns being a heel. I think you need to, you know, go through the storm. You know, make him, you know, make him weather the storm. I think he's doing a very, a very good job. People are starting to get behind him, and I think they're doing a good booking job as far as protecting his character. So, great comment here. Feels like Owens is holding the main WWE title. 
He has the most feuds, and he beats people. Rollins just runs away, and I've said that many times. Rollins is a Weasley heel is not working. Then we had a comment says this Cowley heel act gets pretty old. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's it's really lame, and it's just a very non-creative, beat-down, you know, way to just really get someone over. And I, I just I, and it's not working for for Rollins. It's the reason why he doesn't draw. He's a fantastic, and I say this all the time. I'm a fan of Tyler Black. I followed Black in the Indies. I was a big fan in ROH. I marked out when he won the ROH World Championship. But unfortunately, you know, he's not drawing as as champ because, you know, him with J and J security is just getting it's just so new. So Raw, ladies and gentlemen, is coming up. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three, our mind, let's go. The whole squad is making it clear, we taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in, we live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood, Hendrix, Prizzle, pinning them. To the man, I'm that one mission with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful, Bobby Eaton, me and Priest. We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do-rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep, you are what you speak. This too sweet. Till the number is took back, we repping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking, yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust, pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness, some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap, he turning the power. We're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You through. I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, sign the brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, this the clash to the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Absolutely. And we get to our next trivia question. Great job, creative control was the Harris Brothers. Next we have the Destruction Crew. Who was the Destruction Crew? All right, Raw was in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, the authority calls out Dean Ambrose from Reigns come out, convinces Rollins to agree to a letter match at Money in the Bank. So he's uh, Dean Ambrose's spokesperson all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it helps, I suppose. You know, uh, I, I dig it. Um, 
but you know, at the end of the day, I, they're protecting reins, and I appreciate that they're doing, and, and it's working because people are getting behind him more. So he ends up uh, defeating King Barrett uh, to keep his money in the bank spot. This this fraud reminded me of like Steve Austin in the corporation days, and this also reminded me of I remember. I'm sure a lot of people from RealWrestling.net live stream. Remember that SmackDown when uh, Triple H was feuding against uh, Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon had Triple H go against uh, go in three different stipulation matches. I think it was a um, he went against uh, Viscera. I think I think it was Minion and Viscera, um, and a handicap match. Uh, was it uh, Kane and an Inferno match, I believe? And uh, the other match was Rock. Was it the? I think it was the Rock. Um, I forgot the stipulation uh, to that. Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom. Uh, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I forgot the the stipulation that uh, the Triple H had against. I believe it was the Rock. Uh, that he had that that night, but it was like he wrestled uh, multiple matches uh, on SmackDown. It reminded me of that, and it was just a way to just really build Triple H's character as a as, as a babyface. And this that's that's exactly uh, how I felt, you know, this time, you know. And I think that it was a, a good way to really build um, Roman Reigns as a character. So I was okay with it. You know, we first got him keeping the money, the bank spot uh, for beating King Barrett. Unfortunately, though, and I've said this before, King Barrett, him winning the money, I I knew he was going to win the King of the Ring because he needed it more than anybody because his gimmick is just getting totally it's just dying a major fast death and it's just absolutely ridiculous it's it's horrible and it's unfortunate but i knew that the payoff of, of Baird winning the king of the ring was going to be nothing because he loses matches over and over and over it's absolutely horrible Hey, it's horrible. I mean, this might work for uh, King Barrett. I mean, I liked it better when he'd come out. And I'm afraid I got a bit of bad news. He doesn't do that anymore. Or at least not as effective. And so it was, it was good. And, yeah, I remember the, uh, the SmackDown, actually, with the uh, – well, we got Roman Reigns. He's going to uh, have a pretty big night on Monday Night Raw. So a lot of that going on. King Barrett, again, just kind of – I wish they had something better for him. I mean, the King Barrett thing can stick for a while, but so many people have done it beforehand. I mean, we could dedicate a whole episode to all the kings of wrestling. So, not effective, not new. I wish something else would happen. Ryback versus Miz for the Recontinental Championship. Big Show comes out. Ryback versus Big Show, I'm okay with it. I mean, similar to Roman Reigns, Big Show is, you know, there to uh, to put, to make stars, to make younger stars, building stars, to elevate them. And 
this is the best spot that the big show can be in to to put over rising stars. And he did a good job with Roman Reigns and uh, him versus Ryback for the Intercontinental Championship should be uh, a pretty marketable match. Should be a good match, but I mean, really beating the big show nowadays, it just seems irrelevant. And the big show has been a bit of a tool for a while. So not uh, too much going on there, but he had the Miz right back. It was, it was still away. I mean, there was nothing to it. It was just a, a spot for the big show. But again, what's that going to do for him? Yeah. Next we have uh, Kevin Owens promo interrupted by John Cena uh, to, you know, build their match. And then we get Dolph Ziggler defeating Kofi Kingston. New Day attacks Ziggler. And then PTP makes a save. And then eventually Dolph Ziggler and PTP defeats the New Day. Um, you know, PTP against the New Day, that should be a pretty good match. And the the mockery that uh, primetime players <laughs> does uh, should be fun to watch. It'd be fun to watch. I mean, this is kind of an interesting twist for the tag team division. So, interesting forward. And again, I express how much I like the New Day. Them against Ziggler is another just kind of a showcase for the uh, a bigger angle that's going to be coming up soon. Absolutely. Next trivia question. Uh, great job, Mike Ennis and Wayne Bloom. Uh, and this is, of course, this was very easy. Natural disasters. The natural disasters. Next, we have Roman Reigns defeating Mark Henry. And Mark Henry is another person that, you know, just flip-flops every every week. You know, just, uh, uh, just absolutely ridiculous. It's... Uh, Face one week, heel the other. He he came in as a face in Elimination Chamber, and he came back uh, SmackDown. He was, you know, he got beat up by Roman Reigns, and he was his friend the next week, and kind of had a babyface thing going on, and then he's heel again on Raw. Uh, I, I don't know what to think of Mark Henry anymore. It's very sad uh, because he's such a loyal and dedicated wrestler. He's one of the only surviving, other than Kane, uh, one of the only surviving wrestlers as far as active wrestlers from the Attitude Era. He's been there since 1996, 19 years in the business. Yes, he got yes he got a, uh, a World Heavyweight Championship run, which was well-deserved, but, uh, I mean... It's it's getting difficult to see Mark Henry anymore. Mark Henry's irrelevant. Just like Big Show, just like Kane. I remember one of my favorite things about Mark Henry was not maybe ten years ago when Farouk would used to put bets on. Uh, oh, I bet Mark Henry can do this and that, and everybody in the locker room would throw money down. And I'll bet he can or can't. I mean, that was fun. I mean, he's all, he's a novelty act. He has been for a long time. I mean, big guys. WWE just doesn't know what to do with him. I mean, he could be such a devastating persona, yet they use him as a, a character of, here's Mark Henry, everyone go take a bathroom break or something. It's the same. I hate it. He could do so yeah. much. Same thing with Kane, same thing with Big Show. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's so sad to see. I mean, at least Kane and Big Show has a gimmick, but... Uh, he didn't have anything. <laughs> he didn't have uh, – Mark Henry just comes in, loses matches, and that's about it. That's all you see. 
And it's uh, very, very, very sad. Next, we have uh, a great job, Earthquake and Typhoon, the original Minnesota Wrecking Crew. How about that? Who was the original Minnesota Wrecking Crew? Arden. Next, we have, you said Ar- Arn and Oli? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, you you know the drill. Uh, the audience gets the first uh, dibs at I it. Sec- I haven't interrupted as long as we talk. And second of all, you're wrong. That's incorrect. Yeah. They're not the original. They're not the original Wrecking Crew. Nope, absolutely not. All right. Next, we have uh, Nikki Bella defeating Paige. Again, I said that Bella's using twin magic. It's just it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, just ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um, we, we talked about that. It just doesn't make any sense at all. All right, next we get uh, Randy Orton defeating Sheamus. We get Orton come. <laughs> Orton comes back, but he gets kind of... <laughs> he he kind of you know, gets uh, his butt handed to him by Sheamus. And uh, I understand that they're trying to, you know, make Sheamus a very monster heel, but, I mean, Randy Orton is just there. He's not really doing much. I mean, he, you know, he had a, a feud with Seth Rollins to carry over until, you know, uh, and carry over until Extreme Rules, you know, just to, have Seth Rollins, you know, look, you know, have it be a stronger champion. But what in the world are they, what's in line for Randy Orton? He he just seems like people, and it's so funny because I wrote an article on Boots Report, and I got a lot of scrutiny behind it, like that ever matters to me. But (laughs) I got a lot of scrutiny behind it. Uh, because people were saying, well, like Randy Orton, he's, you know, solid babyface. And it's so funny. It's so funny because a lot of people, a lot of people who comment on, on, on articles, well, I'll say this. I've written for very, I've written, I've written for major, a major website in the past and I got paid for it. Um, and, and pretty much, Eliminate it's process of elimination. It's not a, it's not a uh, it's not a website that I currently write for. It's a website that I used to write for, and I got paid for it. Uh, a lot of the comments there <laughs> uh, was very one track minded. It's so funny because and, and and a lot of comments on Bleach Report too are like this. But you get people who are just very just. Focus on the now, and doesn't really have the end in mind. And it's so so funny. I would I would propose something. People would be like, oh, it didn't make any sense. And then it would happen a couple of months later. I'd be like, I, you know, I'd basically be thinking, I told you so. And I think about the same thing here, you know, with Randy Orton because he needs a heel turn. He needs to be involved in their kind of championship feud. Him as a face right now is totally flatlined. It's just, he's doing nothing, and it just makes no sense. Flatlining, it's 
absolutely disgusting. I don't know what Randy Orton. I mean, he's, he was gone for a while, and then they bring him back, and he's just a stalemate. He's almost like a Bray Wyatt now. He, you don't know what to do with him. Does he have any business being with the Authority anymore? When the Seth Rollins shuffle, really don't think so because they got Ambrose in there. They got uh, Roman Reigns is still relevant in that situation. Randy Orton is just going to be kind of an afterthought, and it's a it's a shame because um, they're going to bring Brock Lesnar in soon. Randy Orton has no business with Lesnar. What's that going to What's that going to do? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. What would you do with Randy Orton? What would you do with him? Like I said, I, I'd make him heal. I, I'd have him be involved in the Intercontinental Title feud. I, I would, I would book Randy Orton versus Ryback at SummerSlam. That would be the Intercontinental Title match. It would elevate the title. I would have Orton beat Ryback and Ryback chase it. The money's in the chase. I would have Ryback uh, regain it at uh, at uh, Survivor Series. That's that would be. That that would be my my way to book Randy Orton. Real quick before we go, uh, I did uh, find I did end up digging and digging and found uh, the Triple H uh, multiple match. It was September twenty third of nineteen ninety nine on SmackDown. Uh, Vince had Triple H. Vince said Triple H had to win three out of three out of five matches to enter the six pack challenge match. So he. Lost to Triple. He lost to the Big Show in a chokeslam match. He beat Kane in the frontal match. He lost to Midian and Viscera in the casket match. He beat Mankind in the Boiler Room Brawl, and then he beat The Rock in a uh, Brahma Bull Strap match. So he uh, made it. He made it to the Six Pack Challenge match. Uh, Neville defeating Bo Dallas, of course, again, <laughs> made no say. it was just a waste of time, it was definitely a time filler, and then lastly, before we get to the flavor of the week, um, Roman Reigns defeating Bray Wyatt, we talked about, a little, we talked about that a little bit, Reigns cornered by the authority, and Ambrose makes the save, um, he, he, yeah, it's, it's still, you know, he's, he's trying his best to, you know, utilize his time right now as a, as a main eventer. He lost his time as the main eventer. I mean, that's pretty much all he's got. I mean, we play for the week coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Featherstone is the man when it comes to wrestling. I'm the best co-host in the world, but we've got 166 episodes of this, and this is what we're passionate about. This is what we're going to do. What else have we got in store tonight, Chris? we got five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. we're going to make this the best five minutes of your wrestling life. And let's get started. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. Great job, Gene and Lars Anderson is the original Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Who were the Uh, Texas Outlaws? Who were the Texas Outlaws? And we we talked about the WCW NWA United States Championship. Um, actually, I can just run down the line real quick. So there were only 19. It lasted between uh, 86 to 92, six years, but it were very memorable years. Uh, Khrushchev and Koloff, Garvin and Wyndham, Murdoch and Koloff, uh, the Midnight Express, the Fantastics. Midnight Express went back. Like I said, great feud in the late 80s between the Fantastics and the Midnight Express. Then the Fantastics regains it. 
Kevin Sullivan and Dr. Death, Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner, uh, Brian Pillman and the Z-Man, got it from the Freebirds uh, after it was vacated, McNutt Express get it for the third time, the Steiners get it for the first time, um, Steiner Brothers win, so uh, vacates that title there. Freebirds win by beating the Young Pistols. And then the Patriots, Todd Champion and Firebreaker Chip win. Uh, then the Young Pistols win. They had like a heel run there that was a bit odd. Big Josh, of course, you know, is Matt Bourne. And, uh, of course, you know, Doink. Uh, Big Josh and Ron Simmons, Terry Taylor and Greg Valentine. And then the Freebirds win it again for the second time. And then the end, the very last team was the Barbarian and Dick Slater. Awesome memories uh, in the six years that the U.S. Championship lasted. Of course, if you want to go date back to the NWA days, it goes back a lot more. But as far as the, w, the NWA, WCW days, very great memories with the U.S. Championship. Uh, kudos to uh, the Fantastics for uh, being very integral uh, in that in those memories. I mean, for crying out loud, you've got the Freebirds in there. You've got the Midnight Express, Dick Slater of all people. We need these people. These are the founding fathers. This is the stone of of the tag team division of wrestling. Period. I mean, we've had so many people. Climb the ladder to make this what it is, and most of us aren't even old enough to know who these people. Are. You and I are, fortunately, because this is what we followed the so 34 years we've been alive on this earth. And <laughs> wow, to name those names, I just almost got just like a absolutely. Such a, for crying out loud, deserve something they've ever gotten, and I'm so proud to be a part of something. We can talk about this, and people know who these, these geniuses are of wrestling, the Freebirds, and, and it may not express with the Jim Cornette. Ladies and gentlemen, Pinkies and Power Slams. This is Flavor of the Week. Absolutely. Special shout-out once again to... Uh, uh, Tommy Rogers, prayers out to the family. Uh, there's going to be two more questions I'm going to ask after the show. WAWNation.com. Uh, two more questions I'm going to ask. Two more tag teams. So go there, chat room. Uh, thank you all once again. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling and God bless. Day loves in Elijah. Goodbye. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.